Voice of St. Louis original podcast. This is the St. Louis All Local Podcast. Here are today's stories from the KMOX Newsroom. Today is Monday, April 24th. I'm Megan Lynch. I'm Debbie Monterey. And I'm Tom Ackerman. Kim Gardner is expected to be called on the carpet this morning after nobody from her office showed up last Monday for a murder trial. Kim Gardner is expected to appear before Circuit Judge Milliken this morning to explain why she should not be held in contempt of court as the judge ordered last week when Gardner's office failed to have anybody show up to attend a murder trial that was supposed to get going. It's the case of a man accused in the shooting death of another man near the Gateway Arch back in 2021. The deadline for that trial to get underway under the state's speedy trial law is this week, April 26th, and the man's attorney is now asking the judge to either drop the case or let the accused killer go free on bond until the case is ready to go. Kevin Killeen, KMOX News. Happening overnight, police say a man is dead after an officer opened fire at a traffic stop when the man brandished a firearm. St. Charles County Police Department says it happened at a little bit after midnight in Weldon Spring. Two people in a vehicle were stopped by police. Police say one man jumped out and ran, resisting arrest. Police shot him when he showed a gun. The man died at the hospital. No officers were injured. A Kansas City man who claimed self-defense after he shot a black teenager recently, unclear if he will use the state's stand-your-ground law in his defense. Kansas City Mayor Quentin Lucas was on CBS's Face the Nation. This was an 84-year-old man who went to sleep in one of the safest neighborhoods of Kansas City, but still had a loaded gun. And when he heard a disturbance at his door, the first thing he thought to do wasn't just to brandish. It wasn't even to say a word or scream at somebody who would be outside. It was to shoot, and to shoot twice. 35 states have stand-your-ground laws which define how and where a person can defend themselves when they feel their life is in danger. The laws vary depending on state. Since 2021, stand-your-ground laws have led to increased gun homicides and deaths by 8 to 11 percent, according to a study by the American Medical Association. Sheriff's deputies working without bulletproof vests, body cameras, or radios. St. Louis Sheriff Vernon Betts says that isn't right, and he's asking City Hall to approve his request for about $3 million in new equipment. He says the city has the money. I understand that there's $250 million Rams money somewhere. I understand that there's 500 and something million COVID money somewhere. The new fiscal year in the city starts July 1st, so Betts is hoping aldermen support his call for better equipment for his deputies. Rising costs hitting the St. Louis Fire Department as the city is preparing its budget for the fiscal year that starts in July. Fire Chief Dennis Jenkerson says many of the materials that they use for firefighters or paramedics are going up in cost. Every firefighter has two sets of firefighting clothing now because we have to get them out of the one set because of the cancer initiative that we have going. The uh, the coats and the, uh, the infectious procedures equipment that we wear on EMS, same thing, that has to be replaced all the time. And the products, uh, the cost of the products that we use every day have gone through the roof. The department also seeking to buy nine new fire trucks, six ambulances, and several staff cars. In a very quiet yet effective way, they tend to the poor. That's St. Louis native Cardinal Timothy Dolan talking about the work that St. Vincent de Paul Society performs. They're named after St. Vincent de Paul, obviously, who was the great apostle to the poor and the homeless and the hungry. And they continue, they continue that good work. It was founded in France 200 years ago by now blessed Frederick Ozanam. 
Frederick Ozenam's birthday is coming up this week, so the St. Vincent de Paul Society gathers throughout the country to honor their founder and recommit themselves to noble goals. Of, uh, of fulfilling the mandate of Jesus, whatsoever you do to the least of my brothers and sisters, you do to me. Thank you, Vincent de Paul Society. Keep up the good work. We need you more than ever. From the KMOX business desk, the state of Missouri has a goal of getting all of its prisoners to learn career skills within the next three years. As the first in the nation to commit to re-entry 2030, Missouri is forming an advisory panel of community members and state government to map out the next steps. Another of the stated goals is to have 85% of incarcerated Missourians find employment within 30 days of getting their freedom. While the hope is to expand public-private partnerships, state agencies will be heavily involved in education, licensing, and workforce training. Missouri's prison population is just over 23,000. Officials say 97% of incarcerated Missourians eventually get released from prison. Brad Choate, KMOX News. We've been reporting on a sex trafficking ring that was broken up back in February, operating out of the Renaissance Hotel by Lambert Airport. Here's Maria Kina. Two suspects, a 19 and 20-year-old, were arrested and admitted to harboring two juveniles for the purpose of using them in a commercial sex act. Chambers County Prosecutor Wesley Bell tells KMOX about the difficulty identifying and busting sex traffickers and their rings. I think it's important that when people see something, they say something, but I think it's important to be educated to know what you should be looking for. This is happening right here in our own backyard as well. And talk about some of those signs that people should be looking for. You know, when you see a situation, for example, like this was in a hotel. This hotel is directly across from the highway, right off of Interstate 70. These two victims were were children. They were teenagers and they were being advertised for sexual for sexual work, if you were, as sex workers, according to the probable cause statement. And oftentimes it's the the context of what you see, you know, if you're you're in a place uh, like a hotel. And, and we also oftentimes see these kind of behaviors when someone is, you know, struggling with drug addiction. And then you look at the people that they're with. Now, sometimes, you know, it, it's hard. It's hard to say with certainty that, hey, this is going on. And so people often don't want to get involved. But unfortunately, it only helps us identify these situations when we get information. So we just, we, we have to get the information and it's, it's just imperative that we do. And that if you think something doesn't look right, you know, chances are maybe it's not. Mr. Bell, in this particular case, the victims, were they taken? How did they get them? Well, in this situation, um, obviously, it's an ongoing investigation. So there's some things I'm not at, at liberty to talk about. I will tell you, we charge the defendants with sexual exploitation, sexual trafficking. One of the defendants we charge with both crimes. And sexual trafficking is an unclassified felony. And if we do have evidence of that victim was transported or harbored using force, that enhances the punishment range that we can issue. In this case, that does not seem like the case at this point, but that's something that's still we're still looking to, and if we find that force was used, we will not hesitate to uh, prosecute uh, to the to the absolute limits of the law, which would be life without the possibility of parole. Last week, I interviewed someone from the COCDEF out of Southern Illinois that works with DOJ, mm-hmm. and they were talking about they only get involved with these really network crimes, and that's how they work with the prosecutors and you know, the law enforcement all the way mm-hmm. down. How difficult is it? right now with 
all the social media and all the different ways that people can communicate, does that make it more difficult to track this? Absolutely. It makes it more difficult. You know, social media, you know, in many ways, it's a gift. In many ways, it's a curse. And as a result, you you may have seen a a post, but a social media post uh, where somebody appears to be, they seem to be improper pictures, if you will. You know, sometimes those are individuals who are trafficking the person that you're looking at when you see a, a maybe a nude or partially nude picture or, or something to that effect on social media. And yes, it is hard to track with um, so many ways that people can advertise and move about the country and connect with people through social media, connect with potential people who uh, would be willing to pay for sexual services, not knowing who these individuals are. So, I mean, yeah, it makes it very difficult for law enforcement. What about your resources? I know everybody's kind of tapped out with resources right now and and staffing issues. What about your office? No, our office is from the the time that I've been in office and and now we are going to continue to aggressively prosecute these cases. Uh, We do work with our local partners. Obviously, our federal partners are going to see more of these cases because they tend to cross federal lines. Uh, But um, that's something that we work with together. And, and, and if we have information that, you know, with, with individuals that we believe are maybe have left state lines or are doing or are committing these types of crimes that are in several states, then, yeah, we, con- we contact our federal partners and, and vice versa. When they find something that's happening here in St. Louis County, they work with us. And, and, and that's why it ha- and that's how it has to be, because so many criminals who w- would do these kind of crimes are not going to adhere to borders. They don't care about jurisdiction. And so we have to work together. That that component is is very important. But our office is continuing to prosecute these cases and and we're going to continue to do so. We got a great group of men and women who are, are dedicated to justice and making sure that our victims have voices and that defendants are held accountable and that's not going to change. How much of it is international? And is it more international or more oh, yeah. local? It, you know, this is a crime that is all of the above. It's one of the largest, the fastest growing crimes. And it's not just a local issue. It's not just a regional or state issue or a national issue. This is an international issue at that, as you alluded to. And this is happening in all over the world. And that's why it was important for me and particularly to talk about this issue when when we do see it in St. Louis County, because I want to I want to make sure that we're educating our residents to the fact that this is this is happening right here in our backyard. Maria Kina, KMOX News. St. Louis All Local is produced by the KMOX News team. Subscribe to the All Local on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.